now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slam and pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really couldn't have devoured him And from that point then we hear a name change Rearrange the game so now we gotta change uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up. Episode number 144, we are here, we are live in the living Culligan Funky like a monkey if you will, American Dream, Pancakes and Power Slams, episode 144 live, interesting, uh, real quick, interesting little rabbit trail uh, already, uh, I was watching the, and let us know of course, uh, realwrestling.net live stream, and uh, Twitter live uh, live interaction at Crave Wrestling. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, today is going to be the year-end review. Derek will join us uh, here shortly. The year-end review, we're going to talk about on Flavor of the Week. We're going to spend some more time on Flavor of the Week because we cover a lot of raw and, and old-school stuff and random stuff, which I love. Uh, but a lot of times we... Uh, the ROH and, and so forth, and, and we don't have much time for our Flavor of the Week because we have so much to cover and we have so much to talk about. But we're going to allot some time um, tonight for to talk about the Flavor of the Week this week. Uh, Derek and I are both going to, uh, for the year in review show, we're going to talk about three, we're going to give each of our three most memorable moments uh, in WWE in 2014, as well as three bold predictions for 2015. So I'm really excited to talk about that. It's going to be really fun. Once again, three most memorable moments of 2014 and three bold predictions for 2015. And be sure to let us know on the WeAreWrestling.net live stream and or uh, on Twitter at Crave Wrestling. So we're going to have some fun. Well, let's get into trivia already. Let's 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 have some fun with trivia. Let's see that the comment board start to load up here, so we're going to have some fun already already here. Paul Ellering was the manager of what Hall of Fame tag team? That's a very easy icebreaker question for you. This is our New Year's uh, epi- New Year's Eve Eve episode. Just like we had our Christmas Eve Eve episode last week. Um, this is our New Year's Eve Eve episode, the last episode of 2014. This year has went by 
quite fast. Interesting, interestingly enough, quite fast. It seems like it, but it's so funny that time is time. Twenty-four hours is twenty-four hours, but it it, it certainly seemed like it went faster. Um, maybe because I'm just getting older, and <laughs> just time just just is on in each other. I'm still relatively young, but. Uh, I'll give you a hint as far as my age is concerned. I am the same age as one of the selection. I, I am the same age as one of the current or former WWE World Heavyweight Champions of this year. So, same age as one of them. So, there's only been four people who have been WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And I am the same age as one of those people. So that's my hint. And Derek and I are the same age. So so there's there's your hint. So um, before Derek joins the line, uh, we're like I said, we're going to just uh, talk about some, uh, some things that happened earlier this year. And, of course, we're going to talk about Raw as well. Uh, we also, I mean, the Tag Wars and ROH uh, also match with, with the Tag Wars. As far as that episode is concerned, can't really get too much into that today. Uh, and as far as Impact Wrestling is concerned, uh, you know, they had their best of, uh, the 20 best of moments. And, of course, the uh, the best moment was uh, the triple threat match between Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, and AJ Styles, which a lot of people said that that was the best match in the history of TNA. Um there was some there's some matches that's been up there, but that was a pretty notable match. I think that was a awesome match to really get uh, Samoa Joe on the map. Of course, he was still with his undefeated streak. You know, he was still kind of sporting the year and a half for a year and some tax undefeated streak, and he was uh, you know going in that vein. But as far as athleticism is concerned, that really helped him. Just really. I always wonder why a nearly 300-pound person was in the X Division in the first place, seeing how people like Jerry Lynn and Amazing Red uh, and, and, of course, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels. I'm um, trying to figure out who else were. Uh, Shark Boy, uh, Elix Skipper. Um trying to figure out X Division mainstays at that time. Loki was uh was a big X Division star at that time as well. Um yeah, around uh two thousand two, two thousand three, two thousand four. Um yeah, those were the those were, you know, some of the biggest names in the X Division at that time. And all of a sudden, you know, um <laughs> Samoa Joe comes from, from ROH and somehow he gets uh, placed in the X Division. That was quite interesting but you know he had the athleticism as as everybody else so um he fit right in the exhibit and he was just just kind of weird because and then they had um apollo i believe uh as a part um uh, of it as well and sunny siaki uh, was a part of the exhibition for a while as well uh i don't don't i don't I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me because Sonny Siaki was a relatively muscular guy, didn't really fit the X Division mode either. Because when they start doing the whole 
no limits, you know, weight limits, no limits, so forth. Um, it, it wasn't as, it wasn't as, uh, I guess, unique as when it first started off. The X Division is, is what I'm referring to. And, I don't know, it, it was interesting. I, I like when Hogan came back and just kind of put it back to the weight limit. Uh, but the only thing is, it was hardly it was hardly defended uh, at all until you know Austin Aries kind of revived it and did the option C, which was a fantastic idea because it was that and the TV title was really starting to, to fade fast. It was it was quite quite bad uh, when Hogan and Bischoff were were in charge, but. But yeah, I you know uh, well of course Chris Saban, uh, Jay Lethal, all all of them were were big at that time as far as the X Division is concerned, and and Samoa Joe uh, comes around and and uh, uh, yeah he, he, Samoa Joe comes around and just kind of makes it odd. But uh, speaking of Samoa Joe, he was uh, the X Division champion as well. Um, before he had to to relinquish the title, and uh, you know, just recently, but you know, it was kind of I think it's kind of a consolation prize for Samoa Joe because one thing I will give Samoa Joe is for the past ten years, you know, he's been very faithful. He's been very committed to uh, very very committed to 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 uh, TNA and Impact Wrestling. Um, uh, within those ten years or so, I always wonder if if events are John Laurinaitis, Mister Peeper Power, Mister Excitement. I wonder if any of those people, even uh, Triple H, uh, gave him a call within the past ten years if they were ever interested in Samoa Joe. Uh, Samoa Joe was the one of the longest um, champions in Ring of Honor history. Uh, he, he had some awesome feuds at that time, and you know, of course, going at it with the big guns of CM Punk and and, and Nigel McGuinness and and uh, Brian Danielson, as we know as Daniel Bryan. But yeah, I always wonder that. And, and even if Triple H gave Samoa Joe a contract, where in the world would he fit in? Now, granted, you know NXT is a haven for. The indie stars, of course, Adrian Neville when he was Pac, and of course Sami Zayn, you know, formerly El Generico, and Kevin Kevin Owens, formerly Kevin Steen, and so you know that's a haven for indie, you know, indie superstars. But where in the world would Samoa Joe fit in? Uh, say before NXT was really popularized as the brand that it is now and even now if he was signed. I'll say I'll say before I say a few years ago, I think that Samoa Joe would certainly be lost in the shuffle. I remember that he had a a trial match years ago, I think on Velocity or some uh B C rated show that uh even it may have even been jacked or jacked metal. It may have may have even been that, but I know he had a tryout match. He was a jobber and didn't work out too well. But I'd say a few few years ago, Samoa Joe was in the mix. I don't see him as 
anything of worth. But I, I certainly think he'd find a good home in NXT because you have people like Bull Dempsey and uh, even uh, Mojo Rawley, you know, people like that with uh, with some 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 girth on them. Um, Mojo Rawley's a more of a solid built, you know, he has a, he has uh, a decent build to him, but Bull well, no, Bull Dempsey not not too much. So and even you know Kevin Owens. Although Steen did have lost, noticeably lost weight from his transition from ROH to NXT, but I, I think I think Samoa Joe would would have. Uh, I think I think Samoa Joe would have been uh, a, a good fit in NXT if, if uh, he was offered a position right now. I'm sure that he. I, I would have. I, I would like. Him and Bull Dempsey would, would would be a good feud, although I do think that Bull Dempsey and uh, Baron Corbin uh, is going to be a really good feud. I think that's probably the most standout personality, pers- subjectively. I think Baron Corbin is the most standout personality in NXT right now. That's one. If I was uh one of the one of the big rigs in, in in WWE that would that would be the guy that I would look at and I would say you know I'm going to give him some some more expertise I'm going to give him some more uh some time in NXT but that's the guy that I would look at from NXT as the next guy of some sort I'm really high on Baron Corbin and I think the guy has a ton of potential the only thing is, he has a Goldberg style it factor, but it's not the streak. It's the you know twenty two seconds, uh, and I, I really really like Baron Corbin. I think he has a ton of potential. You know, I've you know I'm a journalist, so I, I, a lot of my articles and articles that I read have a ton of comments, and you know I've I've heard people say something about him versus the Undertaker. Uh, I'm not too big on that. I like Baron Corbin as a face. I think it's a diff- I think it's a, a really cool take on his character because if he was a heel, he'd, you know, he'd be. I think that would really limit his character because people would he would come in and he would beat people up and he would do the, the generic monster heel tactics. But I think since he is a babyface, since he is a heelish babyface. I think that's to his advantage because it it helped Austin, it helped Punk, it helped you know Taker even that the heelish baby faces um, work for personalities like a Baron Corbin. So I I think that the fact that he is a baby face is to his advantage. So you know if he did, uh, I I definitely see him on the main roster sooner than later. And I would love a, I would love a feud between Baron Corbin and Bray Wyatt. I think that that would be a fantastic feud. If you keep Wyatt as a ba- as a heel, I would love a feud between Baron Corbin and Bray Wyatt. Wyatt putting Corbin over over would be absolutely fantastic. And even you know, heck, if if Lesnar's around in the next couple of years, you know, Corbin versus uh, versus Lesnar would would be absolutely. Uh, uh, amazing. I uh, already got a comment here. Baron Corbin also seems to have improved greatly in the ring. Excited to see where he goes. I absolutely agree with that. 
I I, I see improvement in his in his entering work as well from when he first came. Um, I guess granted, you know, in all fairness, we really didn't see much of his entering work because he was literally beating people in in seconds. So we really didn't see much of his entering work. But since it is going, you know, further out, uh, you know, twenty plus seconds now, we get to see more of his entering work. I guess. But yeah, I, I like what I see with with Corbin. I like his personality. I love personalities that still has the element of mystique that's what i love see that's the thing that, that that's what worked with taker so so well that's what worked with kane so well before he started talking so much you know the 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 new generation of of booking the new generation of characters there's not many characters that has that element of mystique now bray wyatt had it coming into the main roster because a lot of people didn't watch NXT at that time because it wasn't network accessible. I was familiar with it because I followed it on YouTube, but not a lot of people were familiar with the brand, the the new brand at least of NXT. You know, many people was familiar with the pros and the rookies, you know, which was which bombed. But I was familiar with the Wyatt family at the time and I think you know uh, he he brings Bray Wyatt brought that element of mystique uh, initially, but they they just kind of messed it up from the very beginning when they put him. The feud with Kane didn't go over too well, and you know a lot of subsequent feuds didn't really go over too well either. But yeah, I like Corbin. I think Corbin has a ton of potential. And yeah, I definitely would love a, a, a feud with him and him and Bray Wyatt uh, very soon. That would, that would be very soon. Even if they, even if they're grooming, and, and we'll, we're going to talk about this here in a minute too. Um, we're going to do something that we t- today. We're going to do something that we did uh, way back a couple years ago um, when we formatted our show that we had a little bit more time, but. We had uh, something called this week's news, and uh, we talked about you know a few topics, five or so topics this week uh, that that are worthwhile. Uh, this week's news, uh, time permitting, we can we we could bring that back uh, come 2015, but uh, we haven't done it for quite some time. But uh, you know, check out uh, Crave Wrestling Facebook page. You know, daily, just a whole bunch of daily news there. And of course, we are wrestling.net, which this show is streaming live. And uh, also, you know, check out the iTunes uh, subscription for all 144 shows. You can watch the evolution of, of Pancakes and Power Slam, see where we were and, and where we are now. Just continuing to grow, just so much. I, I'm so thankful for all of the um, awesome, awesome, awesome supporters. So here we go. Here's here's what we have with this week's news. Of course, uh, Kevin Nash was arrested, and there was a alleged altercation with uh, his son Tristan and Tristan. You know, this is all alleged. You know, there was something going on with with his son and his son's mother. 
and you know he had a mugshot that was uh it got the TMZ effect that got the TMZ stamp on it uh which is not usually a positive stamp but yeah so because of that uh he was suspended um uh he was suspended from his legends contract in the WWE until the domestic uh you know case and all that subsides then you know they'll lift the suspension so as of now you know he's suspended from his legends contract so and it's that's interesting too because he was scheduled for an appearance next month on raw so we'll see if everything will subside before next month and if not you know he that's you know Kevin Nash always talks about money uh and that's a very missed opportunity because of what happened and again it's all alleged I'm not you know I can only report what you know the the, the what what I receive as far as sources is concerned and and what I uh verify and double check triple check even but the the bottom line is he's suspended from his uh his legends contract and We'll see how that goes. Uh, new title coming for uh, for TNA. It looks like uh, the Knockouts title is uh, different now. Uh, looks like it has some blue accent to it, uh, possibly blue or silver, but uh, the strap is black. Uh, the Knockouts title, to me, the former Knockouts title was not very good. I, I wasn't a big fan of that. The, the Knockouts title design at all actually it looked very generic and it's surprising to me because whoever makes the TNA belts uh typically does a pretty good job with that so um so and and plus the the world titles usually look very good tag team titles look very good too um the X division titles look good i'm still up in the air about the current Blue X, more lateral style uh, title. I'm I'm still up in the air. It's it's more of a negative than a positive to me. Um, but you know, uh, maybe it's going to take me some time to really get into to, to really get it to it. Um, I'm not I'm not quite sure. Uh, I got to comment here. What is my uh, what is my take on? Uh, Kazu, uh, Kazuchika Okada, uh, huge fan. Speaking of TNA, he was formerly in TNA, um, the, the the Rainmaker. I, I was a big fan of of. Uh, well, he was mi- very misused in, in in TNA when he was. Uh, I believe he had a spot as uh, the Pope's. Um, uh, no, I think he he worked with. Um. He worked in TNA in the X Division for 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 a little bit, um, but yeah, I think that I think the Okada Okada and I said, I think I said this last week. Um, he he's he, he's awesome. I, I think he's absolutely awesome. He's he's probably my favorite. Um, yeah, that's what it was. Great. I think thank you for that. Uh, he was uh, Samoa Joe's. Uh, well, I think he was like more of his like photographer or something like that. Uh, said bodyguard, but I think he was more like his photographer 
uh, for Samoa Joe uh, during his doing his, Samoa Joe's feud with the Pope. Uh, he was uh, Samoa Joe's uh, uh, photographer, and it was quite awkward and quite weird, um, especially for someone of of his of, of his caliber of nature. I mean, he, he dyed his hair blonde and and totally, you know, overhauled his look in New Japan. And um, <clears throat> yeah, just uh, I think it, you know the, his rainmaker gimmick is awesome. I would say that uh, since he came to New Japan, um, I think that he's probably my favorite uh, person. Uh, Tanahashi's up there too, which is the form, which is the current uh, uh, IWGP uh, champion, defeating uh, AJ Styles. So yeah, I think uh I'm a big fan of Okada and I and I definitely think that uh um uh, New Japan was a was a good stop for him. Wrestling again in the States is probably not a good idea. I don't see uh, I would say the only the only thing that would work for him if he wrestled if he's a top guy for Jared's uh, GFW. I think that that would work for him. Um, I, I, you know, I commend the heck out of Jeff Jarrett for um, partnering with uh, I, with with uh, New Japan for their wrestler for their Wrestle Kingdom series, uh, Wrestle Kingdom Nine this year, and especially having Jim Ross as a uh, as a commentator. Um, you know, I think Striker's a good comment. I think Striker's a good color guy, color analyst too. People. I think Stryker is definitely um uh he he doesn't have the the most uh <laughs> positive reviews, the most raving reviews as far as being a color analyst, but uh, I don't have a problem with uh Stryker as a color analyst, but in Lucha Underground he does more play by play than color analyst. Uh Vampiro is more the color uh the the, the color analyst. But uh, I think him as a, a color analyst is more is better than more of a play-by-play um, because uh, Max Stryker, Max that's, that's one thing I do appreciate about Max Stryker is that he really appreciates the product. And that's what I love about Jim Ross, too, of course. When you, you can tell that people are there, uh, that you can tell the commentators are there who are – legitimate fans of the product and i and i appreciate the heck out of that i'm a big fan of that hearing commentators that are fans of the product there's not much of the i you know to be honest with you you know kudos to cole he's been there for eons of years i think 97 or 98 was uh you know he's been there since then so so approaching 20 years uh you know but he, I'm used to hearing Cole because he's been there for so long, but I mean he doesn't sound like he's a fan of the product. Same thing with JBL. It seems like it's a it's a job for him now. Granted, you know I think that he's a Hall of Fame worthy person and former champion. He's been around for so long. I, I appreciate what JBL has done in the business. You know, wrestling. You know, when he was in GWF, and I was going to say his name in GWF, but that's actually a 
a a, uh, a slider trivia question. Must slide that in. What was uh, JBL's name in GWF? What was JBL's name in GWF? But when he was in GWF, I mean, he's he's been around. He, he's wrestled in Texas. He's been around for for many 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 years and wrestled overseas as well. So I, I appreciate that, but. He doesn't sound like he's a fan of the product. One thing I will give to JR and Matt Stryker that with their commentary, both of them sound like fans of the product, which I can appreciate. And so, I mean, both both of them in different ways. Of course, you know, Jim Ross, you know, by God, he killed him. By God, I can't believe it. You know, I just it just seems like he's going to have a stroke. You know, every big spot moment, every, uh, you know, surprise unveiling, every, you know, huge, you know, climactic moments. You know, I absolutely love it. Uh, when he when he marks out like that, of yeah, good job, John Hawk. Um, he marks out. I love it. Of course, when uh, Undertaker threw mankind, you know, off the cage uh, in uh, King of the Ring '98. By God, he killed him. And then and then you know, of course, we we talk about him in a in a negative way, which we should. But when Benoit won the, uh, the 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 World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania 20, um, I, I, I would encourage people to, for the sake of the wrestling, not for the sake of you know everything that happened outside of wrestling, which you know was absolutely horrible. But for the sake of the wrestling. Watch WrestleMania 20 again, the triple threat main event between Benoit, Michaels, and Triple H. First of all, it was an amazing match. And second of all, I think that that is one of the best matches that Jim Ross has ever called. I I think that that match, just top to bottom, was amazing. But Jim Ross calling that match was unbelievable. And especially when Benoit won... Uh, it was just, I mean, it w- the moment was just, it was one of those moments that you never really wanted to go away, uh, and so it was absolutely amazing. So, so yeah, I was, I was totally, um, totally happy about that, and, and totally just amazed by. I'm, I'm usually amazed by Jim Ross's play calling, so it, it was awesome. So, next trivia question is. Eddie Gilbert's nickname was what, and what was his faction? What was his faction called? What was Eddie Gilbert's faction called? And part of his nickname is uh, in there as well. And uh, as far as this week's news, uh, the some Undertaker news. As far as you know, him being groomed to to go against Bray Wyatt, and uh, absolutely horrible. I oh lord, I, I just I I can't stand it. I, I why in the world, why in the world would 
you come why would the why in the world would the Undertaker come back and go against somebody else that didn't break the streak? It just it just seems like they're a year they're a year backwards. I think Bray Wyatt should have got the rub to go against Taker last year because well this year because Wyatt Cena did absolutely nothing for Wyatt. Nothing at all. Wyatt Taker would have been much better for this year. Taker got the win at 30. And then if you want, you know, if I still, I'm still not a fan of the streak ever ending, but if you wanted to end the streak, you know, they're talking about possibly putting him in the Hall of Fame next year if he decides not to wrestle, if he decides to wrestle, uh, Bray Wyatt's the guy, but I just don't, I don't, I don't see the purpose in that. It just makes absolutely no sense to me that you wouldn't try to get retribution from the guy who broke the streak. So I, I really, really hope that this was just a a, a meeting in the board, a meeting from creative. There's like. 20-something people in creative right now, which is crazy. Um, it might be even more now. But it, I really just hope this is just some type of talk from creative. Like, hey, you know, Mark is talking about wrestling again. Who should he wrestle? And someone just randomly said Bray Wyatt, and it was just it – got, and it got embellished. Uh, good job. Hot stuff. Um, hot stuff. Well – not necessarily. It's actually it's not Hot Stuff Incorporated. It's actually Hot Stuff International. So there's a, a small discrepancy there, but you know, close enough. But they they were Hot Stuff International. But um, yeah, just with 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 Taker, uh, you know, I, I just really wish it was just some random meeting that just got embellished that was really not. They really didn't want to run with it. It was just some type of thought that was, you know, thrown up there. I really wish that's the case because, first of all, I don't want to see Taker back. And if he does come back, there's no way that he shouldn't go against anyone else but Brock Lesnar to me. Um, and I was thinking about, uh, I, I was, I, I was thinking, the WrestleMania card. And I have and I have my WrestleMania card. Uh, if I was booking, I have my WrestleMania card out right now. But I think we'll talk about that in the beginning of the year, uh, starting next episode, uh, starting next week. Because uh, another, uh, some more news as far as this week's this week is concerned is that uh, the there's supposed to be a big angle starting next week. So. Uh, there there's there's some 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 plans to to really push one of the major angles for the uh the it's one of the biggest one one of the major angles for WrestleMania be really pushed next week and so we kind of saw that with Raw was actually wasn't a bad end of the year Raw I I will say that it wasn't a bad Raw it was much better than a lot of the Raws we've been seeing lately, so I will say that much. It wasn't, it wasn't spectacular, but it wasn't horrible. I will say that. But 
I do think that it's a good idea to really, you know, start, you know, start really early with with the with an angle, um, because that's you know the, the tradition is missed with that. I, I certainly think that the you know back in the day you would go months and months and months with one angle with with one really good feud, and that's what really put stars over. That's what really made them someone. Sting and Flair. Sting and Flair went months, months and months and months. Sting didn't win the title until Great American Bass 1990. So that was in the summer of 1990. Flair and Sting was having matches ever since the, you know, years back. And they won a, another most notable match is when they went to a, a, a time on Majok at Class of the Champions. And so Sting was wrestling was wrestling Flair, you know, years before, uh, much 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 time before he actually won the title. So, and even before then, because if you remember, Sting joined the Horsemen. Uh, I think it was January of ninety, and then you know he 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 went to the the ring, and then only. Ole Anderson kind of bullied them a little bit, and and Sting kind of counteracted, and and that's when he got kicked out of the Horsemen. Um, I understand it was a storyline purposes. A lot of people said Sting was one of the worst members, but I do understand that it was just you know storyline purposes. So he was kind of an unofficial member of the Horsemen, but you know, in 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 retrospect, I think it was a good call just because it was meant for the storyline. So, I mean, that that's the stuff I'm talking about. It was intriguing the whole way through. Uh, it, Sting was wrestling Flair. They were going at it the year before. Uh, they they gained respect for Sting. They, you know, Sting joins the Horsemen, the, you know, early, ni- early 90, January of 90. They turn their back on him turn heel again and then sting feuds with with flair you know for just about the rest of the year so that's the type of stuff that i'm talking about that i absolutely think it's amazing of course the attention span for a lot of the fans these days is a lot less is a lot shorter than you know 25 years ago but i think I think that's a tried and true method of really putting people over and making something work. I think the Usos and the Wyatts, we saw that kind of this year. Their feud was uh, spanned out for a few months. They're trying to do that with Wyatt and Ambrose. It's been about three months now since their feud has been going on, although I'm not a big fan of that feud for sure. Um, But at least they're keeping the, the, the... uh, the concept of having longer feuds, and and I can appreciate that. So this one would be about a four month, you know, about a three month feud, a three month start, whatever it is. Um, I'm interested to see if it's uh, if it has to do with the authority, and you know, maybe Vince coming back, and then you know, Sting being the savior, and you know, sets up Sting Triple H. Which I'm totally okay with Sting and Triple H over Sting and Taker. I think Sting and Triple H would definitely be a better match than Sting and Taker. 
Uh, you know, Taker's just about 50, and, and Sting's 55. He'll be 56 by the time Mania comes. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I definitely, and, and, and Triple H is 44, I think now, 43. So, yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that uh, that would be a, a much better match than, you know, two 50-year-olds, uh, you know, having a, a Donnybrook is, is Jim Ross would say, so that should be pretty interesting. All right, so next question for the night. Next question for the night. 1986, Jake Roberts gave a concussion. How did that happen? He gave a concussion to someone. How did that happen? Jake Roberts, 1986. So I need this is a three-bar question. What event... Who and how Jake Roberts gave a concussion to someone? So, uh, variation of a question before, but I, I think that, uh, yeah, so, so you have Jake Roberts gave a concussion. How, who, and uh, what event? So, there's the kind of a little bit more difficult question for for the night. So, uh that that should be interesting. And then as far as this week's news before we get into raw um uh there's a there's a few other things that uh was was newsworthy uh for Kurt Angle resigning with TNA. Um yeah, I'm not too enthused about this at all. Uh, I I appreciate TNA's product and I definitely think that Pro wrestling needs more than one show, period. Uh, I think that there's no dispute to that. I'm going to give TNA some some more grace, I suppose, because of the move to Destination America, because they were just kind of like a sitting duck in a lot of cases for Spike TV because they had to really promote Bellator and have people like Rampage and King Mo come in. Um just you know, just to really, you know, promote the you know, the the, the product, the, the the Bellator product. And, you know, so you know, I the Spike T V as far as views are one you know, they're very t- as far as the eighteen, the thirty nine demographic, they're one of the highest Eighteen to thirty-nine male demographic. They're one of the highest uh, cable companies as far as that demographic is concerned. So that was a good thing for them. They're going to get a lot less views in Destination America. However, here's the thing: they have a chance to reset, which is good, and they have a chance to have more than one program on Destination America, which is also good. I'm a really big fan of that too. When they had uh, they were on a, a sp- sports time a sport uh, I don't remember it was like sports time maybe or 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 I don't remember the other network that they were on before uh, it was sports something I don't remember what it was but um, but when they had that they had a little bit more opportunity as well because they had that uh, they had imp they had. Uh, uh, Impact Wrestling, they also had Explosion. Uh, so now you have the Unlocked 
series with with uh, Mike Tanay. The Mike Tanay's moving away from the uh, lead announcer role, and of course Josh Matthews. For those who haven't heard, Josh Matthews has taken over the lead um, play-by-play role with Taz, which I think is a good is a good you know change of uh, scenery, a good you know. Uh, a change within that, so I, I commend TNA for their reset button that they that they hit. Bobby Roode going into Destination America as champion is a very good idea. Bobby Roode is one of the best wrestlers in TNA, uh, so I think it's uh, will definitely be worthwhile to see. Kurt Angle, you know, Kurt Angle is very injury prone. I wish that he would have retired in, in the WWE. You know, we still want to see that Kurt Angle-Rusev or Kurt Angle-Daniel Bryan match, which, you know, people are just, you know, salivating over. And I definitely think we we should see it, but it doesn't seem like Kurt Angle wants to have that full-time schedule that uh, the WWE uh, allegedly, from a lot of reports, uh, the WWE, good job. Saturday's Money event, 86 uh, Jake Roberts DDT'd Ricky Steamboat on the floor and, and gave him a concussion. So, fantastic job. I know Derek knows it. I'm about to bring him on here in, uh, shortly. But, yeah, there's your there's your TNA news. I hardly ever talk about TNA as far as extensively, and I've talked to them about them for about, you know, close to 45 minutes now. So, uh, uh, probably about 35 so yeah, there's your, your your TNA, but Kurt Angle resigning with TNA. I, Kurt Angle for the past couple years at least hasn't been a big, probably I'll say at least a year, year and a half hasn't been a big mark, a big impression in TNA because he's been in and out a lot with injuries. They they put EC3 over him, but. It didn't really mean much <laughs> uh, because he was injury prone and you know having the the, the knee the ACL I think it was uh, that was messing up with him of course his neck so you know we'll, we'll see Kurt Angle and TNA we, we've seen and then the, you know what the funny part is about that Kurt, Kurt Angle's now officially been in TNA longer than he's been in the WWE that's absolutely crazy to me that. <laughs> Most of his career has been in TNA now, and it, it seems like you know he's so known to be a WWE guy, but most of his time was in TNA. So we'll see if uh, Kurt Angle retires in 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 TNA, and uh, you know I, I it wouldn't be much of a big deal, but but you know I, I don't, him resigning doesn't mean too much, but it's good to to see what where that's going to lead to. So, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back with Raw, and we're going to get that uh, set up. Here we go. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, being here with us. Uh, trivia question real quick. Trivia, another trivia question before we get into Raw is, the trivia question is, the world's most dangerous Bring man. Bring what you got. The, the measuring stick just fades right around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners. Three. Armand. Let's go. 
the whole squad is making it clear we taking this year you know who we are but you don't know why we here so this is where the big boys play these big boys play like who defies the living god get out the big boys way outsiders with the swoop in we live as kings you see in us but our third man waits in the wings and when the time is right we shock him with the proper attack i go for dolo but ain't solo cut the promo in black hollywood hendrix prizzle pinning them to the max and i'm that's one with the strength of a hundred men With one intent To see the will fulfilled of the one who sent His son to give himself But you rap about your gas and your rags torture White coffins when I drop a bomb My mic's awesome, never lost faith You in all space You can all skate, suffer but never cripple No bin walls in my cross face From here to Saturday raving Anticipating I was frostbit, now I am glacier Mixed with some Vader Get to hawking with these animals Using God for my defense and Alabama, we jamming, that's beautiful Bobby eating me and Priest We the dangerous alliance, nah The Harlem Heat, tie the do-rag Before we do battle, you're talking sheep You are what you speak, this too sweet Till the number is took back We reppin' that wolf pack The foundation shaking, no mistaking Yeah, we shook that, trusting God We trust, pushing forward, never look back Meekness ain't at all weakness Some people mistook that Stamping out this crook rap He turning the power on, on the race Edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful. The owners in our group, too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move too. You crew, I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming. Steiner Brothers, we love it. Demand the win. Establish it. This the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here for the second part of the night. <laughs> Our uh, critiques on the uh, second theme song of the, um, the NWO-themed uh, rap. Uh, we got some 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 good and some bad uh critiques on it <laughs> um but uh yeah i, I love it I, that's why I, I chose it to be one of the theme songs for the evening uh for the show because to anyone putting a uh a really awesome uh spin uh rapping over the nwo theme song and it making sense and using uh wrestlers as a part of uh their lyrics is absolutely amazing. So check it out. Check out the lyrics. When you listen to the lyrics, check out again and, and pay attention to all of the wrestlers that are uh interwoven within the uh, within the song. So that's the theme song. That's the second theme song for the night. Launching us into Raw and also launching us and bringing the boy, the Pancakes and Power Sims co-host Derek is live and living color, getting funky like a monkey. How are you tonight, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. Pancakes and Power Slams. Ninety minutes is never enough, but we make the most of it. Um, I'd say we would. And uh, Raw last night was there, still on its. Um, I hope 2015 is the year for the WWE. So, I mean, let's get the, the Raw segment started. we got a lot to talk about tonight. Edge and Christian came back. That's always fun to see. Yeah, it was kind of a bit hokey, but 
you know, it is what it is. I don't like how Raw ended. I was a total snooze fest. We'll talk about that. But, uh, again, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot more trivia coming up. We've got the uh, Flavor of the Week, bold predictions for 2015, and your three takeaways from 2014. So I can't believe it's nice. already the end of the year, Chris. So, uh, it is, man. It is. Last year, uh, last week we had Christmas Eve Eve episode, and now we are eight minutes left into the um, the New Year's Eve Eve episode. And the last half hour of the show will be the actual New Year's Eve part of the show. So let us know on the uh, RealWrestling.net live stream, and also. On uh, Crave Wrestling, tweet at Crave Wrestling. Uh, we're going to get ready here for Raw. Let us know your Raw thoughts, and also let us know your personal bold predictions. Three bold predictions. Uh, three most memorable moments uh, out of 2014, and also the three bold predictions for 2015. So let's get started into Raw. Um, if E and C, as in Christian, man, it was good. It was really good to see them, and that's also a this week's news type of uh, uh, story. Um, we also have the official retirement of Christian. Christian is officially retired for for um, WWE because of his nagging injuries and his uh, concussions. Um, Jerry Lawler said something about it in passing yesterday. But uh, there was uh, some some confirmation and, and some some verifications on, on reports that Christian is indeed no longer uh, wrestling in the ring and quietly retired. Uh, we saw him in the, the pre-show a few times, you know, talking about that you know he'll come back and uh, mentioned it at least. But uh, he he is uh, retired, so. I would say, you know, Edge had 11 world championships, and of course he's a Hall of Famer. But I would, I would certainly say, I would certainly say that, that that Christian, you know, I'm so glad that he actually won world championships. To say that he's a two-time world champion, uh, you know, multi-time tag team champion, and won seven with uh, Edge, I believe, and multi-time Intercontinental champion. So to say that, you know, all of the championships that uh, that Christian has won and, and just one of the most decorated uh, WWE superstars ever um, that has been in the ring, multi-time, you know, champion after championship after championship, ECW championship as well. So I would definitely say that Christian has had an amazing career and certainly should be in the Hall of Fame. You agree, Derek, or no? I, I totally agree. I loved Christian just for the fact he was always a smaller guy, and I related to him a lot because I was never a big, tough guy, but uh, I can pack on some muscle if you really want me to. Uh, you can ask Chris. He knows I'm a behemoth. Um, but the <laughs> thing about Christian, I mean, he was really animated. He was silly. He really took everything he had. And you, would, when he first debuted, he didn't really think much, you know, Christian, okay. I mean, the guy looked like he was 12 years old, but, I mean, he kept going and going. And with the TLC matches and just he made a name for himself outside of Edge. But he always had that Edge thing to him, you know. But they both had that. They were the NC connection. I absolutely, absolutely loved Christian more than I did Edge. I mean, I'm more of a Christian guy, honestly. Yeah. 
Um, yep. He was great. He could always perform, and he made everyone look good. So you can't ask for more from a wrestler. Fantastic take on that. I, I totally agree for sure. They start off the show and they uh, schedule matches of, of Reigns versus Rollins, champion versus champion, and Ziggler. Uh, the champion versus champion match was Ziggler versus Rusev. Interrupted by Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Heyman talks and gets interrupted by Cena. And then the champion versus champion match is, uh, succeeds that with Ziggler winning by disqualification. That accolade, you know, well, the Boston Crab, which he called, well, the Camel Clutch, which he calls the accolade, uh, looked very, uh, it was a very innovative way how he executed it using the bottom rope. I think that that was a amazing heelish move. I tell you, man, I don't like Rusev, but I like Rusev. I don't like him because, you know, his heelish character is, is a very villainous and very anti-America. I don't I want him to lose, but I like Rusev as a character because this is one this is one character that the WWE is getting it right with. I I love how the WWE is investing in Rusev and I say this so many times, I mean it every single time I say it. I absolutely love how the WWE is investing in Rusev. He doesn't he's not really necessarily on a streak. He's on an unpinned, you know, unsubmitted streak, yes, but he loses by count out, loses by disqualification. So those are blemishes to his record per se, but you know, he still has been hasn't been pinned or submitted. Um but he's not undefeated though. So that's what I can appreciate about Rusev as a character, I think Lana does a very good job as well, uh, adding an extra layer to Rusev's character. And that's why it's that's the power of having managers. Um, Derek and I have talked about this before. That's why managers matter so much to, to me. Uh, that is a lost art of the WWE, uh, just really pro wrestling period, uh, of having managers, and I think that Rusev and Lana, and just really not only having managers, but really investing in a villainous bad guy that doesn't get pops. You know, the, Seth Rollins, he's starting to gravitate more into the heel role. He doesn't get he doesn't get very many pops anymore, but. Uh, he, but him, even when Punk was a heel, he got a lot of pops. Even when Brian was a heel, he got pops. There hasn't been very many wrestlers. Even when Ziggler was a heel, he got pops. Other than other than Alberto Del Rio, but his character got stale uh, rather quickly. But there hasn't been many characters that are very villainous characters that are legitimate villains, bad guys that everybody dislikes. And Rusev is Rusev is one of those guys and that's why I like it so so much, absolutely very very much. And I and I really like it and and Rusev lost by disqualification and then Ryback makes the save and then we see some type of Ryback promo in the ring. Now Mick Foley commented on his uh, his uh, preferred main event for for WrestleMania being, um, we'll talk. We'll, uh, we may get into that later, but 
another good, interesting thing that he said was he loved Daniel Bryan's uh, promo. We'll get to that later too. He said, but he said he feels like Ryback's promo was a little rushed and really couldn't uh, understand because he felt he looked uncomfortable and it it was too fast. His words were too fast. Now I'm going to differ with Mick Foley. Uh, slightly there because yeah his words were fast and but that's that's how he talks though uh, he did look slightly uncomfortable but that's the first time I mean that's the first time that he really had that he really did that I'm sure that there was some nervousness to it because he was basically booked to be in a spot that he had to tell his life story and cut a promo with a very fiery Washington, D.C. crowd that, like I said, short attention span, unless you're cutting a very cutting-edge promo, no pun intended, unless you're cutting some type of that that type of, you know, exhilarating, cutting-edge, very thrilling, very intriguing promo, people don't really invest much time, you know, in, in your promo work. But... I would actually say that I think Ryback did a good job for for the circumstances, for the nervousness that comes with being in the ring by himself, cutting a long promo about your life story. And the proof of that is the audience first starting off with what chance and then eventually clapping for him and chanting feed me more. So the evolution of the crowd alone really proved that Ryback gradually got better and better once he felt a little bit more comfortable in his promo work, that he won the crowd over. That That's the perfect example yesterday, what we saw with Ryback, of legitimately winning the crowd over. The, 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 they were chanting what for a big portion of his the, the front of his um, promo, but it seemed like the pivotal moments when he talked about his, uh, his surgery and the, the scar – I think that that was a pivotal moment and shifted it more into the crowd being behind him. I think it was a really good way to put Ryback over in a whole different way, and I and I was a big, I was actually a fan of it. Yeah, I was a fan of it. It was fun. You don't see that side of Ryback. We've been ripping on Ryback a lot on this show, and uh, but it seems like maybe he's finally coming around, or at least he's being used to the point that he should be. Um, I want to kind of go over the, the Rusev thing you're talking about where, you know, he's he's a villain now because people like villains. They like to root for the bad guy, the anti-hero, just because for the fact that it has something personal to them. They're feeling their street credibility or something. But with Ryback, it's deeper because he's treading on your country. He's treading on uh, what your your bread and butter, you know. So, I mean, he's got – you can't have villains like that almost anymore. It's very rare when you do, and it's great. And I, I commend Rusev so much on it. And uh, but with the ride back, it's yeah. It's let's. Uh, I hope that they can use him for what he's perceived to be able to do. I'm still not totally behind him. I like the comeback, the resurgence, and he's you know, people are getting behind him. And but you know, I'm still not totally sold that this is. I mean, he says that you know, a couple months from now, this promo is going to be forgotten. You know, so. But it was great. I'll give him this props. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and, and I hope that it's not forgotten. But but it but this is what I do like about what they're doing with Ryback, and I know we don't have much time, so I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hurry up with this. They're actually giving him a chance to be a. They're they're actually growing him as a babyface now. When they first start, when Ryback started, you know, Ryback was born. He was a face, but he was beating up two and three jobbers, and he. Uh, you know, graduated to people like, uh, you know, Tyler Rex, you know, who was totally underutilized and probably one of the best uh, interviews that we've had on the show. Um, still a good guy, still, you know, uh, very underutilized for sure. And him and Kurt Hawkins, and he was graduating to people like that and graduating to beating up The Miz and, and just basically wiping him out in, in, in just a matter of seconds, graduating people like that. But he got really thrust into the world title picture with CM Punk, and it seemed like he was going to win the title. And then the Shield just, you know, took that away. And then he just, he was at a point in overturn. So he went heel, and that didn't work. So finally, the, speaking of reset button, they're doing that with Ryback, too. They're hitting the reset button. They're actually giving him a chance to work his way and gradually work his way up into being a top guy. And I definitely love the fact that they're putting him in a mid-card feud right now against the one of the hottest, if not the hottest, bad guy heels in the business right now, in the WWE. And I, and I, and I like what they're doing with that, so I, I commend him with that. Nikki Bella defeating Natalya. Uh, you know they're they're throwing Tyson Kidd in that in that feud, and I guess that that layer is making it less boring. So I'll say that I'll say that much. Usos defeating Miz and Mizdow to be tag team champions. I'm a big fan of the Usos, and I saw I'm a big fan of the Usos, and I saw the Usos uh, documentary on the WWE Network, and it made me an even bigger advocate. Of the Usos, I think that they're. I think it was really good that they showed that. Very, very good that they showed that. And for those who haven't seen it, check out the Usos uh, documentary on the WWE Network. You really, you'd really grow a extra layer of respect for the Usos and the role that they they had, and just of course their. Uncle Umaga, you know, his passing, his early passing, and it was, you know, really sad. So check that out. And so after all that, for them to win the Tag Team Championship for the uh, second time, it was a surprise. I was surprised that they decided to do it uh, on this Raw. They stacked this Raw because Lesnar and Edge and Christian and the uh, Daniel Bryan and the Tag Team Championships—they they stacked the Raw, which I, which I was okay with. Um, Bad News Barrett uh, coming back, the Ascension debuting. So I think uh, the, the Authority. So so we'll talk about all that in a minute here. But I, I think that the very fact that they had the Usos win, it kind of got shrouded in all that because they did stack it up. I wish that they would have they would have waited a few weeks to the Royal Rumble to to win it there. But all in all, uh, it was more of a surprise factor, which I always talk about. You know, the the shock factor, um, 
that's not much of that anymore. So it was it was a shocking win, but I think it's cool. I think this is probably the start of the Miz and Mizdow feud, though, which I'm also okay with. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a, I don't know, it was a good win for him. I'm not, I mean, it could have gone either way, and nothing else would have really happened or come out of it. So, yeah, good for the Usos. You know, I'm not against them. I don't you know if they'd be, uh, like, when they split. Eventually, they have to split. Every tag team splits. I mean, what's going to become of the Usos? I mean, which one's going to stand out? Which one, is there going to be one that stands out? Are they going to be like a lot of tag teams that break up and just kind of fizzle away into obscurity? But good for them in the in the in the in the time right now. It's you know in the Mizdow feud. You know we've talked about that too, and it's inevitable. It's going to come, and uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Is it too soon? Eh, I don't know. It's you know how long are you going to be able to draw something like that out and make it you know believable? I suppose so. Yeah. Uh, the match overall, good match. Yeah, I really hope the Usos never split up. I think that they they're a tag team. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, there's there's certain teams that is a tag team that you know should never break up. It just doesn't make any sense. Like the Young Bucks. Like the young uh, if the Young Bucks broke up, that wouldn't make any sense at all. They're 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 brothers. They're a tag team, and they should stay you know together. So. There are certain tag teams that shouldn't break up at all. So speaking of Bad News Barrett, we saw that again. Uh, we 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 mentioned him uh, a little bit ago, but he returned uh, on live TV. He, he returned uh, this weekend on live events. Um, uh, he returned to Chicago, I believe. He is playing a babyface role. I don't see this going on for for a long time, to be honest with you. He's been out for almost six months, and he looked very rusty. I was not impressed at all with Bad News Barrett's, um, you know, work going back. Him and Cesaro just beating the crap out of each other. Barrett and Cesaro as a feud period has money written all over it. And just to throw... Cesaro and cutting a promo like he did, and for Bear to come out, it was just it just seemed rushed, which I didn't like. Uh, and man, Bear looks so skinny. <laughs> I know that you know he had his injury and he couldn't bulk up like he wanted to because of you know the severity of his injury and letting it recover you know in enough time, but. Man, he needs to he needs to pack on some more pounds and and get some you know and, and get some mass on him because, man, he he looks quite tiny, and I know he said that in an interview a few months ago that he wanted to get some more um, weight on him, but you can definitely tell that uh, he he certainly needs to get uh, his weight back, and he needs to certainly <laughs> compete in some more live events because. He looks quite rusty. Yeah, and it, of course he got bops because he was, he was, you know, on the cusp of really making something. Then he gets injured, and everyone remembers that. Everyone's happy to see him. Of course they're going to treat him like a face. He'll make his heel turn. As far as bulking up, I mean, it's, you know, he's got to work on his injuring work, obviously. He was kind of rusty. Anyone can see that. But uh, with him and Cesaro, I mean, that's good for Cesaro. They, I mean, both of them kind of need this. And, I mean, Cesaro's been kind of a weak link for a while, but 
maybe this could kind of thrust him up a little bit to where he should be at least. And same thing with Barrett. So uh, coming back, you know, uh, this could be a really good feud, almost evenly matched. I mean, size-wise now, but, you know, before, you know, Barrett was a lot bigger. But, uh, I mean, it could be really good. I mean, Cesaro's good on his feet and uh, aerial tactics, and you know, Barrett's just a brute. So I could see a lot coming out of this, and I was kind of see, I was glad to see him come back, and this feud could really turn out to be something good. Hopefully. Hopefully there's something more than just a Raw episode. Speaking of a feud, I actually think Harper and Swagger should have been more than just a Raw match. I really liked, I think the dynamic of just Jack Swagger versus Luke Harper is really good. But Jack Swagger, and I, I, I encourage everyone to subscribe. First of all, subscribe to Pancakes and Power Slams on iTunes if you haven't. You need to subscribe to the show on iTunes so you can listen to every show uh, from top to bottom, whatever one you want to have. The descriptions are all of them. So the descriptions are on the shows. So if there's a flavor of the week that you want to listen to that was really cool, we do a, we did a lot of lists earlier this year. We're going to pick that back up, uh, you know, in the early part of uh, 2015, going back to our list, you know, best this and top this and most this and least this. So we'll go back to our list, but we had a lot of lists uh, as far as best United States champions, intercontinental champions, heels, so forth. Uh so subscribe to iTunes to listen to those and just to see where wrestling was, you know, a couple years ago uh, compared to now. But I definitely think that, uh, and the reason why I said that is because last week I, I really, you know, made some really good points towards Jack Swagger wrestling for New Japan, and he should wrestle for New Japan. Period. And this week, and uh, to, to make to to really, you know, con- confine condense this uh, point. This week proves my point of last week that Swagger just has nothing going for him. He doesn't have anything going for him, man. It's, ah, nothing. I mean, the guy's a total dud. I mean, he's. It's like I don't. I don't really want to see him perform anymore, just because you know he comes out and he's all tough and big, and he has nothing behind it. I mean, he's. I I couldn't. It's hard to even talk about Jack Swagger. For the fact he deserves better, he could do better, but they bill him that way. So I just. It's. I don't know. He could almost. Losing from the show, and that'd be a shame. I would get me right. That would be a shame. But they're not doing anything with him to make it worth my while or anyone's while, even his while. Like we said last week, he'd go to New Japan or Ring of Honor somewhere. Just WWE. Just I don't know. I don't know if I could put up with that if I was a superstar there. It'd just be so hard. Paychecks are good, yeah. but you look like a schmuck every week. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, and according to what uh, you know, Tyler Rex said, you know, the paychecks aren't as good as uh, people think that they are. Uh, you know, you get you get a decent amount of money, but you pay for your own everything. So just about, uh, especially the lower end guys, they pay for so much that the their net out of all that they get, um, you know, it, it, it's. 
it, it, it it's very low compared to because compared to what they initially get because they pay for you know their own insurance they pay for their own room and food and they eat food out you know all, all every week when they're there so you know it's not as big as people think think that it is but you know Jack Swagger needs to do something. Roman Reigns defeating Seth Rollins by DQ interference by the Big Show to toss him over to announcer's table and dumps it on him. Um, I think that this is a good feud. My only thing is, uh, it seems like they're going to do this at at the Royal Rumble, which I'm okay with. But does that take away Roman Reigns' spot in the Royal Rumble? Especially since he is one of the top names out to win it right now, so I don't know if they're going to, you know, push this on a Raw uh, before, like the Go Home Show before the Rumble, or if they will actually have it at the Rumble and have uh, Roman Reigns pull double duty. I really don't know what they're going to do with this feud. I think it's good for Roman Reigns, but it's a little weird how they're doing it uh as far as leading up to the Royal Rumble. So that I'm pretty I'm pretty puzzled about that. Yeah, it's kind of a cluster with them. I don't you know, already have Reigns or uh, Reigns against Rollins and of course Big Show's always gonna dump his ugly head in there. I, it's but the whole thing just isn't interesting to me. Anything involving Seth Rollins is boring. And I don't want to waste too much time on it. Uh, we got you know, a few minutes, well you know how much time we have, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, it's something that it just it makes no sense. It was just seemed like kind of a filler. They're doing something with Rome, uh, Reigns just to, I don't know, maybe he's still rehabbing himself and he needs to take it easy for a while. But I just don't see too much coming out of this. It doesn't make it interesting. And a lot of that has to do with uh, Seth Rollins just being who he is. Yeah. Then we had Daniel Bryan's career-defining moment. And how they set it up, I knew this was going to be a return. As soon as he, as he was setting it up, I kept saying in my head, okay, this is definitely a Royal Rumble entry. At the end of this is is going to be an entry in the Royal Rumble. So, and he did that. But I will say though, I think that the the promo was very heartfelt. I think that. That promo, especially the end of it, really showed to me that the fans are not done with Daniel Bryan. And it seemed like that when he won the championship and got into a really weird feud with Kane, the first person that you feud with after you win, after you, you know, chase the, the, the brass ring and you capture it, your first feud is Kane? Makes absolutely no sense, especially how Kane's stock has been the past few years. Makes it made absolutely no sense to me, and but and, and the people didn't seem like they were behind Daniel Bryan as much before he left. Uh, but yesterday definitely showed that the fans are still behind Daniel Bryan. The yes chants aren't going away, and it, it's just it, it, it was a good feeling to see that unanimous yes chant and then the the people being behind Daniel Bryan like they did on Raw. Yeah, that was good. I'm, I'm not tired of Daniel Bryan. You're not. I don't think anyone is. I mean, he's got his career, not career, I'm sorry, his little run cut short. But 
I mean, people are going to want to see him back, and if he can come back 100%, I mean, he can be right back where he was. So, I'm, it was good. I was happy with it. So, it was a good uh, spot for him. So, he's coming back soon, and good timing for him. Right, absolutely. The question on uh, the board right now, the question on 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 live is uh, who's known as the world's most dangerous man? You can't say it, Derek. Who's known as the world's, who was known as the world's most dangerous man? And then we get the Ascension defeating Miz and Mizdow. I was not impressed at all with the Ascension's debut. And it's and it's crazy because they, they pushed the WWE Network so much. And people know that the Ascension were heels coming right out of NXT. And they were feuding with Finn Balor and uh, Hideo Itami, who are the two, two of the biggest baby faces in NXT right now. And coming out right as heels, they were even feuding with Enzo and Cass, who are... Uh, to another huge, you know, super face tag team, you know. Uh, b- by the way, real quick, I think Enzo Amore's mic work is so amazing. You know, I, 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 I just absolutely amazing. And you can't teach that. I think it's, I think it's great. I think the accent. I think the "How you doing?" by Big Cass. Bada boom, really, this guy's in the room. I think it's absolutely amazing. I, I really like that tag team. But uh, just the, the Ascension, people weren't enthused at all. I don't know if the Washington, D, the D.C. crowd didn't have the network or they just didn't care about the Ascension. I would imagine that a lot of them have the network. I was just My guess would be them wondering why they came up as, as baby faces and they just didn't look impressing. And, ooh, I mean, you know, you only get a – you only get a first. You only get one time to make the first impression, and it was not good. No, it wasn't. It was uh, pretty lame, and uh, the build up to them and everything seemed kind of great. But this is one big flop. Um, not to say that their tactics will be. They have that LOD persona looking thing to them, but uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. You can't with wrestling. First impressions don't always, unless you're the shock master. First impressions don't always make everything. Oh, Uncle Fred. <laughs> Fred Ottman, a.k.a. Tugboat, a.k.a. Typhoon, a.k.a. Uh, I think it was like even Super Shockmaster before or something crazy like that. Yeah, the Shockmaster was the worst first impression in the history of, of pro wrestling. Then we got the Cutting Edge Peep Show, a very long time that Edge had his head by the briefcase. I think that, I think that was way too long. It was just way too long. The bottom line is the authority comes back, but, you know, it was a really weird way. It didn't really even put over Seth Rollins. It really it put over the authority of anyone. Because it seemed like it could have put over Rollins because, you know, he may he brought the authority back and he was about to curb stomp Edge. But it, it didn't really even put over Rollins because all of it was shrouded with the authority coming back anyways. And so it was just a really weird ending to to, to Raw, the, the, especially in the last Raw of the year. 
it was, you know, I, I do appreciate that it was a cliffhanger and the authority came back. I wasn't a big fan of the authority come back, coming back, but I'm okay with it. But just the way that it happened was just so weird. Uh, it was pathetic. It was dumb. I mean, again, Rollins just puts everyone to sleep. He is so boring. And uh, he just, you know, I was lost at the beginning, just didn't care anymore. Cena came out, still didn't care. And Bodie comes back. At that point, I was so disillusioned and over it. I was like, okay, well, yeah, I saw that coming. Big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just made absolutely sense. Flavor of the week coming up. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. Ken Shamrock. Hello. Nobody said anything (laughs) about Ken Shamrock, unless I'm overlooking it. But, of course, the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. All right, real quick, Derek, let us know your three biggest most memorable moments of 2014 and your three bold predictions for 2015. Biggest moment was the Undertaker losing at uh, WrestleMania. Uh, other than that, I'm trying to think what was a huge moment. Probably when Sting came out, that was pretty big. And uh, I enjoyed Chris Jericho's return. He didn't do much with it. But uh, it's always fun to see a Y2J. Going forward, 2015, I think this time next year, maybe in the fall or so, I mean, I'm, I want Kurt Angle to come back so bad. I'd love to see Kurt Angle come back to the WWE just for a few matches, a couple pay-per-views, just to end his career when he's done with that TNA stuff. Um, I think uh, Sting's going to have a bigger impact. I'm hoping in 2015 and at least make something really work with his character that will do it a lot of justice. And lastly, I see Fondongo going back to his old gimmick and becoming the uh, world champion. Thank oh, you. Goodness. That is a bold nightmare is what that is. That, that's not a bold prediction. And we did get a comment of Ken Shamrock. I must have overlooked it. I, I don't know what that was for for, for sure. Um, okay, real quick, my three biggest moments. I'll, I, have, I have to give an honorable mention because I have to give some love to Daniel Bryan winning the World Heavyweight Championship and the chase that that, that incorporated that, encapsulated that. I think it was amazing uh, work that the fans really, the WWE had no choice to do it because the fans really pushed uh, Daniel Bryan to where he was because Batista won the Royal Rumble. It seemed like they had higher hopes for him. Him coming back was you know something to acknowledge as well. But Daniel Bryan, the, the fans really had the the, the the strongest voice in that regard. They they had no choice but to push Daniel Bryan. Uh, so the the three in this order. Number three was Brock beating the crap out of Cena at uh, uh, SummerSlam of this year. That was just absolutely crazy to to, to even. Uh, it's making me want to see it again because the way that the Cena got beat up was just absolutely surprising, but it was just memorable. <laughs> That's number three. Uh, number two, well, and also honorable mention, the Usos winning the championship for the first time, but number two was Taker versus Brock, the streak ending. It was absolutely, I don't. I didn't like it, 
but it was shocking. It was the most memorable for sure. And then the number one most memorable moment for me, of course, was Sting, or as every WWE employee has to say, I don't know if you caught this, but it's been reported uh, through various outlets that they have to say the vigilante Sting. That That's weird, but they have to do that. But we don't have to do that. We don't have to do that here in Pancakes of Power Sims. He's just Sting, and that's okay. But him coming back, well, him debuting in the WWE was just absolutely amazing, um, absolutely incredible. Real quick, my uh, three bold predictions: I believe we will see Daniel uh, Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar sometime in 2015, maybe WrestleMania. Uh, I do think we'll see Rey Mysterio back in 2015. And I also think that we will see Dolph Ziggler as the WWE World Champion sometime in 2015. Those are my bold predictions for 2015. Year in Review Show is coming to a close. Ladies and gentlemen, another year with Pancakes and Power Slams. We will be on here next year, uh, next year, <laughs> literally next year, next week. Thank you so much. Enjoy your New Year's uh, day for everyone in Ohio. Uh, you know what I'm going to do. Check out the flyers on Facebook. I hope to see you there. We're going to have a great time. Uh, and just continue to have the best New Year's Eve that you possibly can. Thank you so much. Have a great New Year's Day. And go Bucks. Beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. Have a great week. God bless. They loves Elijah. See you next week. Goodbye.